0: I wake up every day I look at their papers to see what they say. I know what I really be a lot of lies, but you learn really put between the lies. I know
1: what I read it I know. i telling you. I know. I what that uh, the practice of public relations is the establishment of mutual understanding of a uh, an organis- between an organisation and its publics. Uh, I prefer to think of it, however, as doing good and getting credit for it.
2: And the whole idea of the public relations people is to use anything or anybody to draw the people or whatever message they've got to get across. So they're good, and they, in other cases they can be unnecessary, uh, but no doubt. Uh, the danger, of course, of a lot of people going into PR business who have not got the training in it and could do the the business harm.
3: Public relations, of course, has existed since time began because uh, monarchs and uh, regimes of all kinds always tried to tell the people what they were doing in a good way. But uh, public relations as we know it today
4: almost certainly started in America about 1911. One of the ways which some PR people naively think they can get at the newspaper is through, for example, throwing a lavish reception. I mean, get their attitude. Some of them think that if you get ten journalists into a room, give them plenty of drink and nice food, that you're going to get ten fantastic stories. In fact, most often, you'll find you'll get ten very well-fed drunk journalists.
5: Public relations is a relatively young profession. As part of the communications business, it can conceivably trace its origins back to the first time one tribe started making contact with another. But it's only in this century that PR has become established as a profession in its own right. Its growth in this country, as in others, has coincided largely with the development of commerce and industry. In an increasingly competitive world, the company can easily lose its human touch. Basically, the job of the public relations man, or woman, is to communicate the activities of that company to the people whose lives it impinges upon – its customers, its employees, its shareholders. In Ireland today, there are about 150 full-time PR practitioners. This figure does not include the hundreds more honorary PROs attached to groups like residence associations or musical societies – But although the number of PR professionals is small by comparison with other professions they sometimes compare themselves with, such as barristers or accountants, only the most naive would underestimate their role. There are a number of popular notions of the PR man, and fairly typical would be the gin-swilling, cigar-smoking, affable character who parries tricky questions at lavish press conferences. But to accept this popular image would be like regarding Basil Fawlty as a typical hotelier. Each PR practitioner, like each hotelier, has a style of his own. What they have in common is an ability to communicate information to the media and to others on behalf of the company or organisation which employs them.
1: My consultants, good afternoon. Yes, indeed, that's our Mr. Jim Milton. Just a second now. Jim, I have a press query from the Quark Examinal for you. Can you take it? Fine, putting it through to you now.
5: Murray Consultants is one of a growing number of PR consultancies which provide public relations services to a variety of companies or clients. Its staff of 23 are headed by Joe Murray, who, like many people in PR, started his career in journalism. But why do companies employ public relations people in the first place?
6: Companies hire public relations expertise because they have pretty clearly defined communication needs. Um, Companies are... Virtually personalities in their own rights. They, in law, they have definite rights and uh, identities, and they need to communicate with groups of people, perhaps employees, perhaps customers, perhaps shareholders, perhaps management, um, or perhaps government. There are very many groups they wish to communicate their policies and their practices to, and they uh, need communications expertise in doing this and they come to firms like ours to seek that expertise. Um, they may be used to, the company itself may be used to using a fairly technical jargon, which would not be understandable or intelligible to, say, the man in the street, or even to sometimes to government. So they've got to translate their message, so to speak, into intelligible language in a in, in in meaningful way.
5: PR consultancies comprise only one aspect of the profession. Many commercial organisations and institutions employ their own full-time PRO. The Irish semi-state sector is prominent in this area. Some state bodies, such as the IDA, Bordfallshire, CIE and Aer Lingus, have a PR department, with specialists looking after media relations, advertising, publications or exhibitions and conferences. Michael Colley heads the PR department in the ESB. Well, the ESB is an essential public service, and because of the nature
3: of its business, it impinges on practically every segment of the community. It's almost true to say that every member of the population is, in one way or another, a customer of the ESB. But in addition to that, we also impinge on farmers because we have to build poles across their fields or across their lands. We are involved in fisheries because of our hydroelectric developments. And, of course, when we are building major power stations, uh, we are involved in the business of the environment. Now, the purpose of the public relations department in the ESB is to advise management on the public impact of the activities which the ESB undertakes and to provide an effective information service through the mass media and directly, in some cases, to the public about exactly what the ESB is doing, why it's doing it, and what the effects will be.
5: The ESB is reputed to be the first organisation in Europe to have employed a public relations officer. That was in 1928. Today, Michael Colley is his successor. He's a past president of the Public Relations Institute of Ireland, and he's seen many changes over the years.
3: Uh, I suppose the most significant change is the development of PR during the last 20 years. Uh, When the Institute was founded, most of the people who were in it were in fact engaged in the semi-state boards in Ireland. But since then, there has been a huge expansion in the consultancy business, which is, of course, a very good thing because it means that more and more managements in the public and the private sector are demanding professional public relations services to help them establish with their publics, with government and with other agencies, exactly what they are doing and to develop their reputations.
7: Good afternoon, Communique Public Relations. Mr Lawler, certainly. Just one moment, please.
5: Jerry Lawler has been in public relations for the past 15 years, both in consultancy and as a full-time officer. For some years he was information officer in New York for Corse the Irish Export Board. Today he's managing director of Communique. Why do companies go to consultancies like his rather than appoint their own PRO? The advantage
1: of Uh, Having a consultancy employed is, of course, that at any given time uh, your business is not predominantly important to that consultant. Therefore, you are likely to get an objective view, whereas the managing director asking the public relations executive for some advice may have less success if the public relations person is fairly far down the line as rather... Um, shall we say, frightened of the managing director to start out with. So it's a question of objectivity.
6: There's a great shortage of expertise in this area, um, which is a reflection, I think, of uh, lack of training of uh, uh, public relations people, so that it's a rapidly expanding um, market that companies and organisations are increasingly finding the need to respond to public demand for information, and uh, increasingly find the need to make their policies known in the marketplace. So it's really expanding at a rapid rate. And they have difficulty in getting personnel who have skills to do this, personnel who understand how newspapers, radio or television work, who understand how community organisations might work, who understand what political current political thinking might be on um, certain policy areas, So uh, that kind of expertise is not easy to get in in the sense of relating it to communication skills of, say, writing, photography, or whatever the techniques used are.
5: Even the PR people themselves will admit that their profession is often misunderstood. Their concern is the public image of the companies they represent and their products and services. But has their own profession got a favourable image?
6: No, I, I don't think it has. It's quite a young... Profession, um, I think the ESB claims to be the oldest um, PR organisation in Europe, and I think uh, Standard Oil uh, is one of the companies that's credited as having started public relations off in the world. Uh, it's quite a young one; it's only started in the past 50 years or so, and still has to establish, I think, you know, an ethical proper ethical code and training procedures, etc. I think it the bad image is um is, is associated with very variable standards within the profession that um there is there is no control and standards anybody can become a PR person and uh, the training of people is poor you know there are very few facilities for training people properly in public relations um so uh, I would accept that it's not a high-status profession, but hopefully over the decades ahead we will all contribute to improving its status.
1: It's often said that uh, the accounts of accountants are the worst accounts of all, and um, in a way I'm inclined to think that uh, all professions uh, rather neglect the use of their own techniques in um, promoting themselves. And this is certainly true with regard to with regard to public relations. We are not as well or as highly thought of as I think we deserve um, or as we should um, be thought of if in fact we were employing our own techniques in the service of ourselves effectively. That said, uh, during my fifteen years in public relations and having come from journalism the the um, this perhaps is is fairly appropriate. Um, I have seen a great improvement. I have seen the media uh, accept public relations um, to a much greater extent than perhaps at one time I ever thought was possible. Um, this is because, in my view, the average um, performance of public relations people has been greatly improved and, in fact, we are well served in, in Ireland now and that we have a number of very good public relations. Um, Uh, people, both in semi-state organisations, working within companies, and indeed within um, consultancy uh, companies. In fact, I think the Institute has uh, done tremendous work in improving the the overall image of of public relations in recent years, and I think, to a large extent, the uh, public view um, is a little bit old-fashioned and is is not... um, uh, up to date as to where uh, public relations is and what it is doing and uh, hopefully programs like this will do a great deal to inform people more
3: I think that any manager in any organization public or private sector who has a grasp of the needs of management today has a full understanding of what public relations can do for him, and is happy to use it and prepare to spend money on doing so.
5: The relationship between the PR practitioner and the client company usually begins with a series of briefing sessions at which the PR person seeks the information necessary to plan a PR campaign or program.
1: We start by having a very close look at the company, uh, Business Week, uh, the leading United States uh, business publication. Uh, once said that, that uh, where public relations programs go wrong, they do so largely because the consultant uh, does not fully understand the business of the client organisation. So we start out by trying to get a very clear understanding of what our client's business is all about so that we can then uh, represent him accurately. I do believe that the time for off-the-top-of-the-head recommendations is long past. What we have to do is to carefully analyse our client's existing business and the communications requirements of that business, together with the practical um, policies that he, he might follow. Uh, it's terribly easy to recommend things to people that they do not have the uh, resources or material with which to, which to cope. So our first job is to analyse what their needs are, and we do this in a rather structured way.
6: Well, the very first thing we need to do is to establish an understanding of his company and his organization um, as to how it works, as to what its policies are, and what its strengths and weaknesses are. So our first assignment is a research one. We talk to companies, we talk to their management, we find out how they operate, and then we test what they tell us. We go into the marketplace, we might talk to their customers, we might talk to the press, and find out what the difference is between what they think they are, and what the public think they are. and uh, So that is the very first thing we do. And Based on that research, we then formulate proposals for them to achieve the objectives which they set us.
5: PR does not come cheap. Like the other professions they compare themselves with, the PR consultancy people charge fees which are generally based on the amount of time they spend working on a client's account.
1: I don't think that you will have a reputable public relations company do a worthwhile job for you at less than about £5,000 per year in terms of fees. And the way this is arrived at is as follows. For any consultancy business, no matter in what area of consultancy it is, there are about 1,600 man-hours per year, and we charge on the basis of that. That is our known production per person and we charge an hourly rate for that. And it would be unrealistic to think that you are going to get a worthwhile consultancy service at less than an involvement of about three, three and a half days per month on your behalf. Uh, You're going to work out at something of around 50 or 5,000 pounds for that.
6: Uh, We're in the time business. We are consultants so that, We sell expertise on a time basis. Um, We can operate on a retainer basis with a client. That is, he pays us a flat fee over, say, six months or a year or several years to uh, carry out a specified um, workload for him. The retainers vary enormously. Um, I think very few of them would be less than about 5,000 pounds per annum now for a company and would range, you know, Well, over
5: £20,000. That kind of fee structure applies only to the outside consultants. A company which employs its own public relations officer takes into account the practitioner's salary and overheads like any other employee. How does the in-company PR man operate? Michael Colley of the ESB.
3: Well, the ESB is an essential public service, and because of the nature of its business, it impinges on practically every segment of the community. It's almost true to say that every member of the population is, in one way or another, a customer of the ESB. But in addition to that, we also impinge on farmers because we have to build poles across their fields or across their lands. We are involved in fisheries because of our hydroelectric developments, And, of course, when we are building major power stations, uh, we are involved in the business of the environment. Now, the purpose of the public relations department in the ESB is to advise management on the public impact of the activities which the ESB undertakes, and to provide an effective information service through the mass media and directly, in some cases, to the public about exactly what the ESB is doing, why it's doing it, and what the effects will be. Uh, Let's take a case in point. At the present time we are engaged in building a major coal-fired generating station at money point on the north shore of the shannon estuary in county clare now obviously this is going to be a major intrusion on the environment in that area our job there is to explain to people why we have to build this station the reason the basic reason being that we have to diversify our fuel sources and we have to ensure that power will be available for people And for industrial development for job creation and so on Uh, at the same time we have to ensure that the people who live in that area are fully aware of the connotations uh, of this new project we are taking every reasonable care to ensure that it will not interfere unduly with their normal way of life that it will not cause pollution in their area And consequently, it was their job in this particular case to mount an information operation in the area which would tell people the facts and which would enable them to ask any questions they wished and to get honest answers.
5: That's one way the PR people operate. Much of their work is done in the background. Where they emerge into the public eye is mainly at press conferences or receptions to which they invite journalists when they feel they've something newsworthy to offer the media
7: and make our choice as to where we do business. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your attention. You will find on the table the drink and the food of this country, which I'm fully confident will be more palatable to you than the words of mine. you <laughs> have
5: <laughs> Michael Collins, chairman of the Agricultural Credit Corporation, opens a branch office.
7: Uh, The opening of this office and the engagement of PR is uh, just coincidental to the opening of the office. We have PR relations established many, many years. The corporation, and I myself personally, in many businesses I've been associated, believe that PR is very important. It is essential that PR is treated in a company seriously. In other words, the uh, uh, effectiveness of the PR function will be directly related to the seriousness with which the company takes it. The company must keep the PR people informed, and to the extent that the company's input is good, the PR output then will reflect the message that the company uh, gets across. It is essential that if there is a dissatisfaction with the PR function, that it is not allowed to just evaporate, that it is brought up in a forthright fashion with the PR people who must know what the company expect from them and therefore that itself will uh, ensure that the PR people will know that the standards expected are high.
5: May I ask the PR man here about how he sees his role? Norman Freeman, you're having the opening of this ACC office. Where do you fit into all this? Well, our function really begins before the office
8: opening at all. We draw up a press list, we see who's appropriate to come to the press opening We contact the press in advance. We make sure, for instance, that anybody who's not coming here today will get a press release today. And, in fact, press releases have gone out to those correspondents and those newspapers who, for one reason or another, cannot attend the opening here. Then, when the press arrive at the opening, I meet them and make sure they have all the relevant information, the press release. If, in fact, they want to do an interview uh, with somebody like the chairman here, Mr. Collins, I will set that up as well, I will find out in advance what they would like to ask. I will contact Mr. Collins, let him know what's, what is, uh, uh, the, the uh, questioner would like to ask. And I'll ar- look after the photographs here. I'll make sure that the, the relevant photographs go to the appropriate magazines and to the newspapers. I will help newspaper photographers who come along and who may be in a hurry and may uh, have problems identifying people in the, in the photographs. So uh, that would be more or less my function, and there is a follow-through then. But. Well, this is this a fairly typical PR job for you? Uh, it's typical of a kind, because a lot of our work would be giving advice at corporate level and uh, maybe writing stuff, putting, putting stuff on paper, perceptions, perspectives, and putting it down in written form or in audiovisual form. That occupies a lot of our time. Some of our time would be involved in actually at at a working function like this. But not all. It's, It's part of the total milieu.
5: There is one group of people which comes into contact with PR men more than any other. These are the journalists who attend the press conferences and who are on the receiving end of that basic PR tool, the press release. Michael Keane is Deputy Chief News Editor of the Irish Press.
4: Well, we deal with them every day, actually. I mean, we're flooded with things from PR people. Uh, there are the two types, really, there's the press officer type, and then there's the public relations type, I would think, whose responsibility really is to get good and cheap publicity, favourable publicity for his company or a product. And then there's the press officer type, whose job is to answer queries on behalf of the company for which he works. Uh, the f- first group, well, we are flooded literally flooded with stuff they send in. Most of it ends up in the waste paper bin. Some of the better stuff, when they have a good story, well, it'll be easily recognised. And as such, it will find its way into the newspaper. But an awful lot of it is such nonsense that we just couldn't possibly use it. But it may find its way into other aspects of the media, such as trade magazines, etc. cetera. So there's a, it's a multifaceted industry, the public relations industry. The press officer uh, and the, press, uh, the public relations people generally have a kind of a love-hate relationship with the newspapers. They love the bit about getting the publicity in it, and we hate it when they won't let us near their clients, when their clients may have done something which we think is a bit dubious. Their job is to portray a kind of uh, veneer that's obviously favourable to the company, a kind of uh, prevent the newspapers from getting at possibly the real truth behind some aspect of the company's activities. Uh, It's often very, very difficult to get past a good PR man, and that's why he would be recognised as a good PR man. And we have a running battle with these good pr men our job is to get at the truth their job is to prevent us getting there and also to present the best possible um, image for that company so therefore we have a a constant battle with pr people and it's also i might add sometimes very beneficial to be dealing with pr people Uh, they're very good generally speaking for example if the chairman of the company is issuing a big statement they'll get it into as well in advance Uh, they'll make sure that we have a copy of his script, that it's accurate, and that he will deliver that script. Which means that, you know, uh, in these busy days we don't have to send a man along to that particular marking. If we know that he will deliver that speech, as he says, or if there are any changes, we uh, will be told about them. We may in fact obviously send along anyway, because if it's that controversial a speech, we want to follow it up. But uh, it's a great help, therefore, to have PR people, at the same time, uh, we dislike an awful lot of the things they try to do to us. They try to get in on us all, al- all along the line. One of the ways which some PR people naively think they can get at the newspaper is through, for example, throwing a lavish reception. I mean, they get their attitude. Some of them think that if you get ten journalists into a room, give them plenty of drink and nice food, that you're going to get ten fantastic stories. In fact, most often you'll find you'll get ten very well-fed drunk journalists, and you won't get your story in, so they've defeated the whole purpose of the thing. Basically, news sells itself. The vehicle they will possibly use, the company who's got the good news, is a PR man, and he will relate to a newspaper. Newspapers get very, very wise to the wiles of the PR man. There are some PR men in this town that we wouldn't touch with a barge bolt. We just wouldn't believe him. If he told us that tomorrow was Monday, and it was, we still wouldn't believe him. We'd go and check. But there are other people whom we would trust people working for organisations I can't name, obviously now, who do not have the best public image have some of the best PR people going. And their job is to present a good image, our job is to get the truth. The battle goes on, we all smile about it, we know the ground rules, and that's the way it goes. It's a,
5: it's a love-hate relationship. There. It is
4: a love-hate relationship. Uh, I mean, uh, quite often after a particular story has blown over, the journalists will meet the press man, the journalists will meet the PR man and say, my God, you really pulled the one over us on that one. Is
5: it a healthy relationship?
4: Oh, it is, yeah. Oh, it's good. I mean, we are under no illusions as to what they're trying to do, and they're under no illusions as to what we're trying to prevent them doing. Um, it's the kind of relationship that will obviously vary from person to person. There are some good PR people and some awful PR people, some competent ones, some terribly incompetent ones, and some very sly ones who will try and get one over on you. But the, wo- the good PR man will never tell you a lie. He might tell you all the truth, but he will never tell you a lie.
5: Press relations is only one part and often a very small part of the PR man's brief. A growing area of his concern is community relations, especially where a new industry is setting up, raising fears among the local people of environmental problems.
6: The environmental area is a fascinating area of uh, public relations work and uh, it's one of the areas we have expertise in. We're uh, very Uh, strong in agricultural public relations, for instance, in financial public relations, in major event public relations, such as, you know, we've played a significant part in a portion of the Pope's visit to Ireland. But uh, I would accept that environmental public relations is a very interesting area of activity. And uh, whose side are we on? We're in the middle. Uh, We're stuck right between uh, usually, a company and the frequently the pressure groups that are um, a- attempting to exert influence on its activity. Uh, we regard this as a very healthy process. We live in a democratic society. Um, we regard the existence of uh, lobby groups or pressure groups of one kind or another as a normal fact of life and a healthy fact of life. For very many years, people in Ireland accepted industrial development with open arms and without question. And there is now a healthy questioning going on as to, you know, what are the values, what's the lifestyle that we want to follow? Some of this questioning is well-informed, some of it is ill-informed. Some of it is based on prejudice, on rumour and half-rumour, on fears, and so on. And as I said earlier, companies, uh, company executives, frequently have difficulty in relating to the moods, to the concerns of the public, and we try and interpret these for them, we try and get them to respond in, the, in, a, in a meaningful way, in a realistic way to the community. For instance, we're now encouraging new companies setting up here to the extent that we have an influence over them, to go in beforehand and to inform the community beforehand of what they are doing, in the same way as they might have a press conference in Dublin. To announce that they're going to establish a new industry with 500 or a thousand jobs, we think they should go into the local community, and meet the local council, the local residents' association. Perhaps put on a display of what their products are and what their intentions are. Perhaps a model of their plant and just uh, inform the community of what their plans are. And the reason reason for this is that they're going to be living with that community for a long, long time. You know. For decades, if not you know, if not longer, and they've got to go in straight from day one and realistically face up to the attitudes of that community and to the aspirations of that community and become a part of it from day one. So we um, have an expertise in the area of, of um, social responsibility, and uh, we have a reasonable knowledge of, of uh, you know, we're Irish people. You know, I come from Limerick myself, and uh, um, I. I only came up to Dublin late in my career, so I hope I I have a reasonable understanding of how people throughout the country um, respond to the idea of suddenly having a new industry imposed on them, you know, in an area which may have no industrial tradition. There are real fears and real concerns, and the people have a right to answers to their questions.
5: PR is popularly linked with advertising and marketing, other disciplines of communication with which it often closely works. As a company PRO, part of Michael Colley's work involves corporate advertising, commercials which are designed to portray a certain image of the company rather than sell its products.
3: I think that it's very important that an organisation such as the ESB, which is in fact owned by the community and doesn't have shareholders or anything else, that it should know what an organisation like the ESB is doing. And we use corporate advertising to tell people exactly what the EDSB is involved in. For instance, uh, when uh, the oil crisis of 1973 came along, uh, it became necessary to defer some of the projects which we had in mind, and we decided to go into the consultancy business abroad. Uh, We sent our people, whom we wished to maintain on the staff and not to lose their expertise, into this activity. Uh, this has in fact been a winner in the sense that it has earned considerable sums of money for the ESB and uh, I think it's important that people should be told exactly what we're doing and why we're doing it that's just one aspect another aspect perhaps is the fact that we are involved in the fisheries business in Ireland whereby we are responsible for the restocking and the development of rivers on which Hydroelectric developments have taken place, which in fact disrupted the fisheries when they were built, and we had to restore them. And again, I think it's important that we should tell, for instance, anglers and commercial fisheries people and our ordinary consumers why we are involved in this business, how we go about it, and what it means to them.
5: Jerry Lawler of Communique also works closely with advertising and marketing personnel. In his work on behalf of one of his clients, the Ryan's Hotel Group, he's a member of a committee which coordinates advertising, marketing and public relations strategies.
1: What we were trying to do in public relations terms was to get across the package that had been developed, uh, particularly for the West Coast hotels, and what we were trying to emphasise there was the uh, inclusive nature of that package and also the variety of activities that were available. we felt that to supplement the advertising programme what we needed to do was to create a, uh, an endorsement effect within the press, and we did this by in fact bringing groups of journalists down from Belfast and Dublin to try the uh, try the package. And I think in fact your your office was a little bit concerned at one stage that uh, these trips seemed to be a little bit unstructured, but in fact we intended that they should be, to allow these journalists to uh, visit the hotels, As an ordinary guest would, the the point being that if they wanted to go sailing – and we said we had sailing in that hotel – well, they had to be able to uh, go and do it when they wanted to and not in a programmed way. Uh, I think we we, we seem to have uh, gotten some rather good press comment um, so far, and I I would certainly benefit the the views of, uh, uh, of Bernard here and also Harry as to how they think it has gone to date.
0: Well, <clears throat> from the advertising agency side, we seem to have met our targets as regards home holidays sold. But uh, just probably jumping, I think the the three elements which we have been hitting all the time are activities, the ease of ease and completeness of booking, in other words, that it's an all-in package. There's no extras, and price. And I suppose one of the problems that we, we'll have to answer tonight would be to ensure that uh, what price will we be selling in the autumn with inflation, etc. I think it's an important thing to know yeah. for our future
9: planning. No, I would agree. I think I could come in straight away yeah. on that. We've looked at this and we've talked to the financial boys on this and uh, we will be holding our prices as is uh, for the balance of the season right through to the end of uh, October, effectively. And then obviously off-season prices will come in then, which will of course be reduced prices, but um, th- there's, there's no price hikes at all involved. Um, What I think, though, that we've got to look at is, given that we have these products, and a particular reference to the fact that from September on, uh, we will not be really selling family holidays. I mean, we have them available, but the vast majority of children will be back at school. Therefore, it will be the husband and wife traveling rather than families. And how do you see us getting into this particular aspect of it for the autumn? Well, my view is that uh, the, the elements
1: of, of price and packaging are <clears throat> absolutely correct, and they seem to have worked no matter what the package is, you, you, you can sell it. Um, the thing is, of course, it would have to be a completely different emphasis in, in, what we're, in what we're trying to do. I mean, our emphasis on publicity to date was a, g- a very good place for, for holidays. We're now going to have to look at a more adult product. But I, I would very much, <coughs> excuse me, I'd very much like to uh, have the nature of those packages worked out precisely so that um, we can decide what promotional techniques are, are most suitable. Uh, I'm sure, Harry, you'd agree that you would like to know those packages as well. Well, well I
0: think that the difference in, in the packages sort of are interesting between mid-summer and, 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 and the autumn. I think we were just talking before this meeting about research, and that the, the research, that is, uh, study of of customers, were they happy with the hotels, etc. One of the things that came out of that uh, was that in high season perhaps there weren't enough baby chairs. Well, I don't think that's one that would interest us in the, yeah, in, the in, in the autumn, because yeah. the, most kids are at school.
9: Yeah, well that was an early one that came up, but we uh, picked it up, that's the advantage of the research, that we picked it up very early on and we were able to correct it straight away. Sure, sure. And there were a couple of other small points which sure. came up, and, but in general the satisfaction level was very high, so we have got a product which is acceptable.
5: There seem to be about as many different attitudes to public relations as there are PR practitioners. While the PR people can hold very strong views about their profession, the journalists they deal with see their role somewhat differently. But how do the businessmen who use their services see it? Do they find it relevant? John Quinn, Chairman and Managing Director of H. Williams.
2: Well, I do think it is, uh, but I must safeguard that by saying that public relations was irrelevant up to recent years. It was never heard of in my in learning of business from every point of view, both practical and, and, and theoretical, uh, long ago. But today it is a relevant factor.
5: Is this because of the, more, the complexities of modern well, life?
2: Yes. As businesses grow, uh, the greater and more complex they become. And therefore, uh, the great idea, you'll often hear people talking about delegate, delegate this, delegate that. Well, the real idea behind delegation is to get other people to do today what you can do perfectly to, in a month's time somebody else can do well today. So, in other words, you can't do everything yourself, so therefore you have to hire other people who specialise more in one area of a business than
5: another. As a businessman, where do you see PR fitting in?
2: Well, PR is uh, it depends on the type of business, of course. If you want to... Um, to promote a Muhammad Ali, you, you it's, it's very important to get more people to the gate on the day he comes. If you want to promote groups, but it depends on what type of business you're you're, you're in or what you're trying to promote. Are you like, for instance, the present time? A tremendous lot of promotion, advertising, everything got into the tourist business, but that won't bring tourists to to bad weather or a hey, drink, you know, prices, etc. So it's. Uh, It's a decision that has to be made by the top people in the head of businesses as to where and when and if they want public relations people. But they have a function, and the function is good where the necessity is important, and it's bad if it's not needed. Their expertise lies in in their ability to to draw up uh, or convey what they think you, in other words, to consult you about what you're trying to achieve, then they put your ideas into the proper language to to hit the proper target which you endeavour to to, uh, get at and through the proper media, whether it be newspaper, and to get there quickly through the various channels and the various media areas or television or radio as the case may be.
5: A cautious assessment of PR from one businessman. The image makers may not indeed be making a great job of improving their own image, but one thing comes across when you talk to them. They believe in what they're doing, in its commercial value, and in its ethical integrity.
1: As a public relations consultants, we really have only two things to offer. One is our skill and expertise combined, and the other is our credibility. Now, I have been in this business for pretty well close to, to 15 years, both here and in the United States, and it's one thing that I'm absolutely certain of, and it is this, that the moment that the media uh, refuse to accept statements from me, that is the precise moment at which my business dies. And my credibility and my uh, so to speak truth rating is far more important than any new business.
3: The Public Relations Institute of Ireland, of which practically all in-house and consultant, uh, consultant CPR people are members, subscribes to an international code known as the Code of Lisbon, which lays down standards of performance and of ethical behaviour. And I am quite satisfied that the standard of public relations practice in Ireland compares favourably with that in any part of the world. Never put it
0: down